0: You have to mess up because if you don't, you don't learn. Mm. And that's something that everyone can take from art is you're going to mess up and it's okay. (laughs) It should be okay.
1: You are now listening to the 209 Journey Podcast and I'm your host, Luis Urbano. And this is actually episode 49, the episode that I have been counting the days till I was able to actually do it. Not only through this podcast, but just in general, in all my life as a podcaster, I always wanted to actually do an in-person interview. And it's actually finally happening because my special guest tonight is actually standing, or not standing, is actually sitting right in front of me, right here as we share the microphone that I used to record podcasts every single time that I do so. And we're actually in Stockton, so I actually did some traveling for this podcast, which is great. I'm actually really happy that we recorded here in Stockton versus over there. It just, it feels better, I think, stepping outside of the room and being able to also do interviews when I travel, which is something that I do want to actually do eventually. So on episode 49, as y'all may have heard in the previous episodes, I have an artist-scientist and also my girlfriend, Alicia Valenzuela, here on the podcast. Welcome to Tuna and Alicia. How are you?
0: I'm tired. <laughs> my feet hurt. I mean, you've been hearing me complain all day, but you also know how hard I've been working this whole week because I call you and I I check in with you. But today is a very happy day, relaxing. But I'm still recovering from a from a wild yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's my answer.
1: Oh, yeah, it's been a really fun day. And if any of you saw the stories that I published on Instagram for the 209 journey, y'all may have seen that we were actually out at Bliss Wellness here on Pacific in Stockton uh, selling some candles. As Alicia is going to be talking a little bit more about her business, all the different things that she does. And so y'all will hear a little bit more about that here a little later on, but we have a lot of things to talk about. That's why I said artist, scientist, and I'm really excited to hear things that I've never heard before, I'm sure, because I always learn something new about you every single day. And also for you to tell the world, anyone listening right now, all the different things that you do. But before we get to that point, I got to ask you the question that I ask everyone that comes on this podcast. Tell me more about what it was like for you to grow up in Series. I know you did a lot of different sports in high school, so just go right to it. I want to hear your story.
0: I loved growing up in a little agricultural type of town. It wasn't nearly as special and big as Modesto or Turlock. It was kind of quiet and not too diverse. I would say the majority of the community was Hispanic or white, and I'm like enjoying traveling as an adult and learning about all kinds of people living in Stockton is a much more diverse community so i've i've had to learn a lot versus you know the environment that i grew up in but it was safe it was healthy it was like you can walk to school 10 blocks and nothing bad happened to you <laughs> those are the days and i i had to I had applied myself as much as I could because I would leave the house. And the one thing my dad and I would like, we would always have a consensus about is, you know, be number one. That was that was it. Like, I had to be number one, whatever that was. <laughs> number one to fail, number one to do great, number one with the great grades, whatever. But just always doing whatever I'm doing at 100%. That's how I interpreted it. And it's gotten me to this point. Yeah.
1: What's a good mentality to have? I think everyone should strive to be the best they can be, and that's what you're supposed to do.
0: Yeah, and 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 it's a sheltered type of childhood where like nothing bad happens and you you hear things but you don't have that intimate like connection to it until you get followed, you know, on your way home from school and you're like, Oh my goodness. (laughs) this guy is talking to me from his car and I don't know what he's really asking, but mm-hmm. I that's like the worst. Like besides things that, you know, happen, interpersonal relationships. Like Ceres was a really great place to grow up. And I always thought, like, oh, I'll go back one day and run for city council. Like that was my thought was like people leave their their hometowns and they never go back. And I, I was like, I'm not going to be one of those people. I'll stay here forever or I'll come back right away. And no, I haven't. It's been like, <laughs> like 15 years.
1: <laughs> I
0: exaggerate 11, but hey.
1: What was the Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So when now, if you ask me, where's your hometown? I'd say Stockton
1: because
0: mm. I've been here for about 10 years, give or take. And it's. It's been a wild ride. I'll say that. <laughs>
1: and if anyone knows you here in the community, I mean, you're known. What you're you pretty, mean? Yeah. I mean, you told me about a lot of people that you know, introduced me to so many different people. Some people have actually been here on the podcast as well, who will be as, and all that. So
0: I'm sorry, babe. <laughs> this are coming from the man who didn't know snow. Okay. I'm sorry, guys. I have to calm out on it. He was so excited and I love that for him, but he had never known snow. And I was like, at first, right? A shock. And then I thought, no, this is my opportunity. Like, I get to introduce him to something. Maybe I've taken it for granted, but like, we're not too far away. The Central Valley here, especially in Stockton, we're like two hours from everywhere. And it's great. Oh yeah. So when I took him to the snow, I was like, yes this is one of my bucket list items too i got to really take care in how i introduced a special experience with somebody i care about and i love that for us
1: yeah it's a memory that i'll forever hold special in me because yeah 32 years of never seeing snow and wondering like am i ever gonna see the snow or i don't know what's gonna go on or what but but we are going to talk a little bit more about Uh, Alicia's science side because I did say she's an artist scientist so that's something we will definitely reference here later on in, in the podcast but I want you to tell everyone though how many sports you did in high school because it's so impressive the amount of sports that you did
0: I'll I'll start that with a disclaimer okay it was a new high school So you don't have established programs. You don't have Mm. like championships. It's like brand spanking new. Mm. No gum under the tables. We were the first kids on that campus. In addition to the sophomores who were freshmen at the other high school. So you have two classes at a high school. Just got to know each other. Everything was really great. Everyone got to try out and make the team. (laughs) And. And that was really great because I wanted to try all kinds of things. So it was basketball, cross-country, track, wrestling, football, soccer, color guard. Like, I don't think I'm missing any. No, I'm pretty sure. sure. I think that's it. Yeah. And if I did, oops, but <laughs> those are like the top ones. And I did color guard all throughout. I did football only my freshman year because after that, summer everyone got so big and tall and i i stay the same short me and i did not want to (laughs) die but really like my parents didn't have health insurance for me and i was like "Mm, i'm cool like if i get hurt which i hope it doesn't happen like i don't want to deal with that you know i didn't have a dentist i ended up with cavities later on that i was Mm. like what so yeah it speaks to like me being considerate of my parents' situation. And whatever was easy for me since I lived really close to high school, I would like go home, change, run back on campus, be ready for practice, go back home. But if it was late, I'd still ask my mom to pick me up, you know, because it's dark. But yeah, I did all the sports <laughs> that my, my heart desired. And I'll say this, wrestling has the most intense conditioning of all of them. Hands down. So if you want to get fit, wrestle. That's what I'll say.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. There's a lot. need a lot of strength training, I'm sure.
0: Well, there's nothing like finding another human being. Hmm. You're like (laughs) grappling and doing these very forceful type moves and and having to defend at the same time. You have no space. Like literally, it's armpits in in your eyeball. Like, I don't know. Just it's it was great times. And to know now that at my high school they have a woman's wrestling or girls wrestling team and they go to state and they do great. And actually I think yesterday they were they were at the high school. I don't know what the results were, but it just feels good that I was able to be there at the beginning of the high school history. First girl on the football team. I got stories. But it was a good time. It was really important for me to have tried something and finished it. I didn't do it the following year. (laughs) And that was my choice. I was like, and partly it was lonely, you know, because I was the only girl. Mm. And the accommodations were like, I couldn't go into the locker room by myself Mm. without getting the door unlocked by the head coach. So Coach Garcia would be busy and I would have to wait an extra 10-15 minutes or whatever to be let in so I can change and I can go home and I couldn't go into the team meetings in the boys locker room I snuck in once but like that's not that's not gonna fly (laughs) (laughs) so there there were aspects of joining a team where you're the only person of your gender and you're like whoa okay it's rough but it made me who I am today it was like I had to prove myself And I made a lot of friends. And it was really hard. (laughs) So, to all the football girls out there, flag football, it doesn't matter. You were all warriors. You're all badasses. And can I say that? Yeah. Okay. I say that all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and just keep going, you know. I just feel nice that I was able to be there at the beginning for my high school. Yeah. And. Wherever everyone else, you know, created their legacy, like, it makes me proud.
1: Yeah. Graduating class of 09, which actually is the same graduated- graduation class as I am as well. Which is, uh, we always joke around, like, we're the same class. Except we were a lot different than we are now. <laughs> we
0: would never have run into each other.
1: Yeah, there's no way. I wasn't the sports person. I I tried out, but failed three years in a row. I'll put it out there for soccer. About. I, I mean, playing. I failed my junior yeah.
0: year it's yeah what once you know the years went by like the program gets more competitive so makes sense don't beat yourself up about it
1: oh no i I definitely (laughs) if i did i wouldn't have tried out after one year
0: (laughs) oh yeah no because you just you keep going and that's that's all you can do at times yeah
1: well let's shift topics let's get into the art world and you love that world so much and this might be a really difficult question for you to answer, so answer it in whichever way you'd like. But I want to know, where did your passion for art come from?
0: My passion for art is from people, from experiences, and from the connections that I make between art and other things. I, I'm constantly having to fight that stigma that art is for artists. Or for certain type of people who are only creative, they're maybe they hate math, like, there's a lot out there. And I'm like, no, everyone is an artist in their own way. Two, art is a practice as much as it is like an innate attraction to whatever your passion is. And I, I'm trying to speak as general as possible, right? Because, like, earlier we, have, we were having a conversation and you said that I was multi-talented. And to me, I, at first I was like, you're right, I'm very distracted. I like to dabble in a lot of things. <laughs> so it, it's like I find joy in trying and trying and trying and just seeing the value and the progress. So whether I get really good at something, that's not the point. The point is I am in a constant state of improvement. In developing those skills or deepening my understandings or like helping other people appreciate what I see in that thing, whether it's visual or storytelling or whatever it is. Like when I hear someone like a kid, when I hear one of my old students in my memory, those are core memories, and they say, oh, I get it now. And, and I'm like, this kid figured it out. I want to be as low-key involved in their own self-discovery, in their own, like, exploration of the world as possible so they feel that, like, ownership of discovery. I love that. And I want that for everyone. To be like, here's a problem, I gotta solve it. Or even just going from a concept to a creation. Like, having a finished product that you know took a long time to do. And you're like, yeah, I, I, I envisioned it in my brain, and then my hands made it. Like that is magic. Yeah. (laughs) And so, I just, I'll just say that, like, to create, to be an artist, it's very spiritual for me. I can't stop. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: It's a great experience. Yeah, I mean, that's what everyone should go through. I think, right, when you're doing any sort of art. Always have those moments and never doubt yourself, right? Like anything that you make is good because everyone has their own style, right? Because oftentimes people try to, I think, copy other styles and maybe feel like, oh, I didn't do as great, but I feel like it's your art, right? Like it, it matters. It means a lot because you made it and that makes it unique, right?
0: Yeah, and there's a practicality, you know, to it, like certain standards or basic rules that Mm. exist in the art world or or wherever but like if you yourself as an artist are validating your participation in it Mm. just keep going Mm. you have no idea where that's gonna lead you i still don't have all the answers but i like to try (laughs) and it's it's really nice to have knowledge based on Mm self-discovery because i mean what is science what is art if not opening our eyes Mm -hmm. and reinterpreting something that is out there for others to understand it better or just to share that with you that's that's the fun part it's very social for me Mm -hmm. like you know the whole if a tree falls in the forest and there's nobody there did it make a sound something like that how's it going
1: (laughs) i never heard of that one, but yeah, but like, I mean that makes so, sense. I, I get what you're So,
0: you know what that one is, like, yeah. I kind of twist it. I'm like, if an artist sketches in their sketchbook and they never show anybody, mm-hmm. is it really art? I I get the whole like it's for me thing. Totally, totally get that. But like for it to be communication with beauty, I'm I'm taking that from Leo Tolstoy too. It has to be shared. Can't yeah. stay in the shadows. It has to become, yeah. you know, out in the open and. And that's the hardest thing, because it does take bravery. It takes a little bit of well, here you go, world, Mhm, here I am, <laughs> eat me alive yeah and and just being able to share that like as genuinely and fearfully, but at least doing it, you know, not leaving the ideas in your head, putting that pencil on paper, even if you crumple it up, makes me sad sometimes, but like. Start over. Yeah. It's a part of the process. <laughs> you have to take a couple steps back sometimes. You have to mess up. Because if you don't, you don't learn. Mm. And that's something that everyone can take from art is you're going to mess up and it's okay.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> it should be okay.
1: Oh, yeah. Because even the top painters in the world, right? They they messed up a lot. You don't hear about it, right? Or not hear about it as much, right? Maybe they they might say it in an autobiography or something but everyone did
0: yeah i i, I don't go into a new thing thinking like it's going to be perfect the first time mm-hmm. unless like i want to fail and i want to self sabotage and i want to be confirmed in that oh this isn't for me like if i'm coming in with that right i'm going to be manifesting it but if i'm curious and i'm opening up to the possibilities mm-hmm. It'll always be good. So that perspective is is definitely important. And being able to reframe your own thoughts or your own reflections. Like, to, to look at something and say, oh, this is terrible. Sure, it's a reflection of you, but, like, be specific. Why?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Were the lines too thick? Yeah. Was the paint too, I don't know, thick? Like, whatever. Yeah. Nothing against thickness. Like, I am THICC myself, but... It's like, how can you build a boundary with yourself if you are looking for the negative? And then you just, yeah, you have to have some healthier boundaries with your own art interpretation sometimes. It's not easy.
1: It's really well said. Just so everyone knows, she always has a good way with words. And that's why I was like, I gotta have Alicia on the podcast. What? No, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. Really
0: anxious right now. I'm not even breathing. <laughs>
1: You not... Oh, no, I got to make sure. She's good. And she's good. Yeah, I don't. Ugh. She hasn't turned purple yet.
0: <laughs> My shoulders are crunchy. I'm like, yeah, no. <laughs> but it's so crazy because he's been reminding me, you know, all the days leading up to this. He's like just excited and telling me like how much he's sharing about the interview. And then here I am like a nervous wreck in front of someone I feel so close with and I could trust. <laughs> And I'm all shy, which is not me.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, but if it makes you feel better, I don't even see that. Mm-hmm. And I think the people listening right now are not even hearing that. They're like, "Wait, she's not at 100 right now. Then what is she at 100?" What'll help, yeah. I
0: think, is if I imagine there's a camera. Like I can, I can be a little more or less self-conscious if I, if I feel like they're watching me instead of just listening.
1: Oh, interesting. I'll set up camera right now. <laughs> I do have a GoPro. It was going to get set up, y'all, but eventually I still need to work my way to actually connecting a camera and audio and making sure it's all synchronized. But it's going to happen someday, though. That's the goal still. You know what see. it is,
0: babe? I'm sorry. I'm just going to admit, like, I'm a little controlling and I feel so out of control right now.
1: <laughs> oh, that could be, yeah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll be under control in the next episode. Mm-hmm. So... The, the roles are going to change and you're going to be interviewing me. So it'll be a little different. So y'all tune in to the next one. It'll be posted, uh, soon, <laughs> but let's shift gears. We're still in the art space, but tell me more about how you helped start Chai, which I know y'all have a meeting here in a few days too. And you've spoken about it a little bit with me, but tell everyone more about it and also like, if anyone wants to join. What's the process like and all that?
0: Well, we are an informal artist collective, and the name is pretty much what we are. So it's a creative healing arts initiative. We came up with the name together. It was a small group of us, Coda, Poppy, myself, Davina, and Julie. And we were like, how how can we bring healing, healing arts to the community? we had a grant. That grant had to change a little bit because of the pandemic. So we shifted gears and proposed doing virtual or hybrid workshops. And we had enough money to put together art kits. So tools and supplies were arranged and delivered or picked up. And people were able to join us on Zoom and just vibe, just do art together within that you know, perspective of wellness. And so we were like so excited to bring this to the community in light of not being able to hang out in person that we really created a, a core group of people. And then the holidays were coming around and we're like, we got to do something for everyone. And we made these holiday boxes, put a bunch of great custom activities and, and raw supplies, like scissors and just stuff for people to take home and like do it with everyone at the house since it's like it's hard to learn new activities not in person unless you're comfortable with youtube comfortable with virtual spaces so we at least wanted to create access during that time and so chai was able to move on to doing a mural and we were able to move on to doing another series of eco-themed workshops In partnership with the Stockton Earth Day Festival. And we're like just a bunch of different artists doing our own thing, but we know what makes our thing healing for us. And it's just beautiful to share that. I say we're still looking for more funding. I did apply for a couple of things in the last few years. There's a lot of competition among nonprofits for the same funds. So when I don't apply for a grant, it's okay. I'm like, look, it's going to get. It's going to be used for something. It, it, if we as artists don't have that money, like, we're just going to continue doing what we do. And so the core group of artists now, which is just three of us, it's Manali, Davina, and myself, we are trying to just hold space. And I, I would say it's inspired by a couple other artists in the community. They identify as Energy. They do wonderful things. Actually, tomorrow, they're hosting an event, and I I think I'm going to make it, like, my schedule's jam-packed, but (laughs) I I just love to go and support because I learn so much from them. The way that they work collectively, hosting open mics, hosting pop-ups, hosting just things that really resonate with the community, and just to celebrate each other in a way, in different ways. And so that's where we're at. We're like, how do we hold space? I'm going to be, you know, conducting (laughs) like a really informal, just chit chat around the fire on the weekend at my house with Davina. And it's like, new people are going to show up. We don't really know what the plan is for the rest of the year, but it'll be a nice space to make those decisions. And if you are interested in joining Chai, I invite you to check out The Instagram, the Facebook, you'll find the recordings of all of the workshops on YouTube. And I want to know like, what do you find healing in the artistic things that you do? Because you have no idea how that can inspire or equip somebody with those tools to help themselves. Because there's a gap right now. Like, there's been one for a while as far as access to mental health services. Mm -hmm. And that gap is. Whether you're in crisis or you want something regular for support, there's very little access. And you have to do the work yourself regardless. (laughs) And so who better to learn, you know, from than an artist who has, like, turned their darkness, turned their trauma, turned all the things that make them, like, struggle into a good thing, into a medium that they can share with others like it's not all rainbows and and ponies babe it's like it's hard work and i mean we we just went to a pop-up spent so much time and labor and prepping for and made five dollars <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but it was fun and we were able to connect with others and so that's just one element of it is the sharing and i think there needs to be more sharing more bravery in informal professionals or people that you can trust that are like yeah i'm a life coach i can guide like or this is what i do for myself when i'm feeling extremely anxious mm-hmm. and those are those are the people that you want in your life cuz they're like really connected with themselves mm-hmm. they're self-aware they have an amazing mind and will challenge you mm-hmm. <laughs> Not just with their personalities, because <laughs> I know, I know, I push you a little. <laughs>
1: you're in my mind,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I'm tr- I'm learning. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm working on it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I was gonna say, like, you're you're one of those people as you're describing that, right? Like, like you inspire others as well, and like again, just with helping start try like that's a really powerful thing and i really encourage anyone listening right now whether it's yourself or someone that you know who might be interested in joining the group and you know let's make the group bigger because it's nice to have the support of others when you're trying to go through whatever it is that you're going through right and using art as that medium to help you get through things in life is is powerful
0: a lot of people understand that art is therapy and that art therapy is a thing a profession what maybe we all can still like work on is being open to failing at art and trying different things because once you latch on to something comfortable like you you're not very tempted to to stray away. You're like, ah, this feels good. I'm I'm gaining a name for myself in this thing. But there's absolutely nothing wrong in expanding and trying whether it's spoken word or, you know, turning your poems and your short stories into something and submitting it for publication or even just trying something you've never done, like oil painting or charcoal or all these traditional mediums or go diving headfirst into mixed media conceptual art. Like, there's so many museums that, like, I've just, I've walked into and I, I leave with, like, less expectations than before and that's great and art is everywhere you just have to look
1: (laughs) yeah everywhere it doesn't matter if you don't leave your house right there's some form of art even if you don't have literal paintings on the wall you have something
0: and it might be design Mm -hmm. it might be in a way like graphics i can appreciate a good advertisement i tried my hardest not to like not to cry when i went to the coke museum the world of coke okay in atlanta georgia because i've been there before when i visited my my sibling and i'm like there with my mom and i'm like i swear to god i better not cry and and their stupid commercial gets me every time they have this theater that they walk you into before you're allowed to explore (laughs) and like They just tug at all your heartstrings. So whether it's going to be about the new baby and you're like a grandma or grandpa, or it's about, you know, first crush or something like Mm. oh, you're like, they're appealing to all the very deep emotions of everyone in the world in this simple advertising type of movie. And you're like, ah, I cried. They got me. (laughs) And you can appreciate that because it's it's an intentional art form. It's communication mm-hmm. at its best. And I'm not giving that corporation all the credit, but it's like what they're really utilizing is exactly what I try to utilize. It's like I'm trying to get you to feel a certain way, mm-hmm. think a certain thing. I'm trying to manipulate the viewer, but I'm also trying to learn from the viewer learn from my audience get some feedback see something about human behavior that i've never noticed before so my art in the community it can be a little bit more of an experiential process like whenever i go to san francisco and i'm walking around and there's like this human experiment thing going on you like read a sign and it says that you're being recorded and you're like <gasps> what do they want me to do like what am i gonna do <laughs> i that's what i want to do instead of like making pretty pictures mm. which there's nothing wrong with it but like <laughs> it's just next level
1: <laughs> yeah. oh yeah i mean that's a whole nother mm. thing that you that you can deal with but yeah the pixar effect a lot of places people are trying to do the same and it's worked for them right so it definitely works for anyone to use emotion and they get you i mean i'm sure you've at a few Pixar movies, right? Because they they know how to pull strings.
0: every single yeah. one. Oh yeah,
1: even if they don't want to admit it. Some people don't want to admit it, but it's like no, you probably have. <laughs> you were just in the movie theater, and it was there's nothing
0: cool. wrong with emotions. But you know, we we need to have an awareness for how our emotions are are sensitive to our environment, mm-hmm. and like you're welcome to choose to select your influences. Like, I don't want to to pay for ads. If that means not having a free account, babe. <laughs> he's laughing because, like, we've had these conversations. Like, I will pay the Netflix subscription, so I don't have to see ads. I will pay my Prime, you know, just because I have a sense that I'm going to be shopping more.
1: <laughs> well, that means that they're doing a good job and trying to get you there.
0: No, the algorithm already has, like... It's already listening right now. It is,
1: yeah. As we're recording right now, we're about to get hit with the ads on Pixar and paintings that will (laughs) get you emotional and all that. We're going to be, yeah. Uh, (laughs) I'm busy seeing a lot of deliveries come through for you. (laughs) But, I mean, the perfect excuse for me could be like, hey, I'm a marketer. I enjoy seeing ads. I want to see what all these companies are like rolling out. So that could be a good excuse. I'm just now thinking like, hey, I'm saving money, but I'm also going to look at what ads are being put out there
0: and and there's value in and analyzing it right yeah. like you have some kind of industry knowledge so you you want to stay on the up and up mm-hmm. and and it, it's just like civic <laughs> engagement you know you have to be involved mm-hmm. and if we're like trying to ignore it it has a stronger grasp of our lives mm-hmm. but once we start to engage and contact our local representatives and mm-hmm inform ourselves or just put ourselves out there like hey i'm concerned then that mystery goes away and it's like oh all right you're not gonna you know convince me just to vote a color because of my identity like Mm -hmm. i am actually a very complex creature Mm -hmm. and i want to know beyond basic expectations like what's your policy on this yeah and right now is election season so I I I know we wanted to Molly's and we wanted to go walking with our friends and, <laughs> and and you know support their campaigns, but it's like I woke up with a terrible pain in my feet. <laughs> I'm telling you, like I haven't been this sore in these random like muscle groups of my body <laughs> in a minute—not since the five k. Oh. And I'm like, this is a good hurt. I was playing zombie tag and duck duck goose and all all these little physical activities with my students, and I had a blast, but I did not think about <laughs> yeah. me being twice their age and dying. <laughs> More than twice. Oh, shoot. <laughs> Maybe three times. Yep, I'm getting there.
1: <laughs> well, you mentioned civic engagement, so I think that's a good transition into your activism work, and your group does a lot. For the community that I think a lot of people don't realize all the things your group and others are doing for our community as a whole and all the different effects, right? All these different things that are going on around Stockton and even around other cities too, right? I know you shared an article with me over in Modesto. There's a situation going on with warehousing and all that too. First, tell me more about how you got involved in activism and then what you guys are working on too.
0: Yeah, I'll I'll tell you what happened. Yeah. I was on Facebook and and I I follow community leaders. I follow a bunch of people and I I love meeting new friends and stuff. And I was like, what are they talking about? What is this crematoria? What is going on that people are up in arms? And I informed myself a little and I just put myself out there, like, hey, let me know some more. I'm I'm curious. Mm-hmm. And I just started to just work with them, volunteer, and it was a a project that was getting pushed through for the city to approve a crematoria, which is a facility that burns human remains, and it was proposed in a neighborhood. I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) It came down to like the raw science of it is very behind in the United States, at least in the EU, they have stricter standards for air regulations mm-hmm. and they really care about mercury far more than we track or are concerned for. Because in the United States it's not classified, you know, as air pollutant mm-hmm. like carbon dioxide and particulate matter and these carcinogenic, mm-hmm. you know, influences that are terrible for, for the community. We have bad air in the Central Valley. We know this. But like the process where these development projects get pushed through because there's nobody saying anything. Like it blew my mind. And only because Rudy, who is a scientist, was living adjacent, like right next door to this funeral home that wanted to build an extra building to do the burnings did it come to light and actually he didn't even know a friend of his informed him and was like hey guess what (laughs) Mm -hmm. like out of state and so the the process of public notification is one thing but the the fact that it was being pushed forward without appropriate like language Mm -hmm. written verbal with a diverse community that we have in stockton like We don't even have translators in City Hall. Like, I am complaining Mm -hmm. with a couple other people because you can't fight something you don't know about. Mm -hmm. And even the requirement to notify the community. Like, there was a flyer. It looked like an ad. And we went to this meeting with the funeral home. They didn't even have their consultants present to answer our questions. It was bad. Mm -hmm. It was a bad, bad thing. So fortunately, city council at that time was like, "We're not for this. You cannot, you cannot do this." But it shouldn't have gotten that far. Yeah. <laughs> it shouldn't have. And what mm-hmm. happened is, I learned so much about how regional versus local agencies versus state. Like everyone is passing on a responsibility to somebody else, yeah. <laughs> really. it, and it really isn't clear until someone decides, like, "Hey." the ordinance doesn't exist we need to create it and so as of right now there is no barrier buffer whatever you call it where you can't burn bodies within so many feet of a school of residences and the zoning is like messed up so if they want to do something in a you know commercial area but it's not commercial anymore. It's, like, surrounded by apartment buildings and multifamilies. Like, it it doesn't work. <laughs> That's more, like, appropriate for industrial, okay? And, and I get the whole NIMBYism, like, not my backyard kind of thing, but this is public health. Because there is no monitoring and no regulation of mercury, all of that that goes up into the air, is going to fall right back down on people's backyard gardens, on the kids in the playgrounds. Mm -hmm. The school I work at right now is like within 500 feet of that proposed site on a street called Funeral Alley because there's so many there. Just historically, like that's Mm -hmm. where they all go. But you have a disadvantaged community there. A recognized disadvantaged Mm -hmm. community. Like the city knows the people there Have challenges with poverty, with being underhoused, with asthma. And these projects are proposed like business as usual, like what? (laughs) So that means the people who have education or have an awareness or have a voice and a confidence to use it, we have to get together. We have to go and tell the peeps in charge, yo, this is not a good idea. And this is why. And It would be great to be at the table from the start to save everyone the trouble Mm. of countless meetings and countless dollars being spent on consultants. And and it just it didn't make sense. So we won that battle. And then the next one and the next one was was different. I don't know. I don't know what's what's going to come next, but at least we're trying to work with creating an ordinance that is equitable not fighting it it doesn't exist there is no you can't build a warehouse next to a person's home that's why they're cropping up like like yeah. crazy oh yeah everywhere everywhere and i know i want a fast delivery too if it's an option when i'm checking out online like great but there's a cost that we're not aware of and that is going to be on people who live right next to that industrial practice mm. with all those thousands of truck trips a day bringing all the NOx the PM 2.5 and i think of them now every time you want to like mm. order something online it's there is a cost it's an externality mm. and and i hate to tell a developer like you can't make money cuz i agree it's important to have jobs but we can make green jobs. We can support those who are going to suffer direct consequences. I didn't want to sue. I didn't. I didn't even support that notion. Mm-hmm. But that's one angle that activists take sometimes because they feel like they have to. I respect it, but that's not my vibe. I would prefer finding economic development solutions. And it's hard. It's called mm-hmm. sustainability for a reason. Yeah. Because if it's implemented correctly, it will last.
1: sustainable. It's in the word.
0: It takes creativity and understanding how it works. So, I'm still learning, but I'm more than happy to go to a board of supervisors meeting, go to a city hall, after I've done my research and I'm like equipped with the know, the wherewithal, and and I think that's where going to university of the pacific and having a science degree really helped me because like i'm creative but i have an appreciation for the technical stuff Mm. for reports for graphs for (laughs) converting units like there's so much that is at stake here for many generations down the line i can't sleep right knowing i didn't do what i could Mm. and and i'm i have a privilege and i have to use it Mm. Not like Spider-Man. I didn't get bit by no spider. But like, it. I just, I have to be a part of it. And I think about my parents. How hard they work. And how busy they are, like, making ends meet. And how they, as business owners, they support other families. And like, it's not all about stopping a practice. It's about replacing it with something that's better. But the economy has to keep going. (laughs) I get that. You know, if there's enough jobs out there, there's less crime. I get that, too. We need more, more. But sometimes we have to slow down and really ask ourselves, like, who's paying for this?
1: Yeah, at what cost. Mm -hmm. And it's not all benefits.
0: Like, I don't have asthma right now, but I surely have sleep apnea. (laughs) (laughs) And and maybe you snore, too.
1: But...
0: You do it. I just
1: don't know. Yeah, See? <laughs> I think everyone does. I feel like there is no human being on this planet that is never.
0: <laughs> but just being robbed of our own oxygen mm-hmm. is as clear, as clear as it is. We We can't even breathe. And I know that might have another connotation to it for many people out there. But we have a right to clean air. We have a right to clean water. And we can't wait for someone else to fix it. So how do you become a part of solutions? You have to understand the problem. Mm-hmm. You do have to call out the people involved. And that's that's the unfun part. <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah. And, and just be ready to be wrong yourself. I mean, activism is no easy thing. Mm-hmm. But it could be as simple as writing a letter and telling your story and saying, Hey, this is how this is going to affect me. I care. Please consider it.
1: We're going to city hall, going to the city council meeting, giving your minute 2 minute speech on how it affects you, right, as well. And uh, that's why I always encourage everyone, no matter where you're from, I don't care if you're not from the 209, wherever you're from, just get involved in what's going on in your community. If anyone reaches out to let you know, right, there's a situation going on, and if it does affect you, then the best thing you could do is go and and give your story. say how it affects it's powerful right you get more people showing up to something all of a sudden you got 30 40 people giving their stories on how it affects them it should impact city council members right i mean but like voting aside like that's a lot of people already at a minimum right i'm saying 30 40 could be a lot more but it's a lot it's not just like two or three people saying it's wrong it's it's more
0: and and there's so many ways to like communicate with city hall it's not just showing up in person getting behind that microphone i know a lot of people are nervous and Brilliant. it's still a problem for me right now i'm a little more comfortable but like whenever i get up in front of him <laughs> i don't want to sound like i'm just screaming into into nothing it's like no this is hear my passion feel what i'm feeling it's important and if if that's not For you, like, that's okay. You can always leave a voicemail. You can email. Mm -hmm. You can...
1: Write a letter maybe, too.
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) you can literally share. The hard part, I think, is, like, meeting in person because sometimes they're not very available for whatever reasons. That could be frustrating. And, I mean, what we're dealing with as far as the work on the ordinance for warehousing in our city is it's a novel, we wanted certain things and it, it's just not going to happen. So we're compromising, but not everyone in the group agrees. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, ah, if you want to go your way with it, we want to go our way. We 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 have to do our homework still. It's a lot of work. But just being at the table with the opposition, it's not happening. Mm-hmm. We want that so badly, like... Mm-hmm. The the study sessions that take place during the planning committee meetings—it's not the same. Mm. You don't get this back and forth opportunity. You don't get to really understand their perspective or what, because maybe I'm going to generalize here, but because they don't really want it to succeed, they just want to make the solutions so outrageous because they know it's going to cost them money that it's not feasible. And we're fighting for feasibility. We're like, dude, work with us. Mm -hmm. If you don't want to do full solar to provide for all of the electricity you're going to need for your operation, what's 10 percent? What's 15 percent? Like you're pulling from the same grid as everybody else. And if the power is going to be turned off, because in California, PG&E decides, oh, it's high wind, like Mm -hmm. turning off your electricity. Mm -hmm. On the hottest days of the year. (laughs) Oh yeah. When AC is life for some people, and and you have to run to a cooling center to like be alive. Mm. That's big. And then these corporations are sucking from the same thing. Like they're not gonna get their power turned off. I guarantee you, they'll never experience that which everyday citizens will have to suffer as a collective. And and that's a problem because they have individual rights that go over and beyond what what a person's is, and that's not okay. I mean, I'm grappling with that in other ways as far as business, and I can't speak more on it, but <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm just trying to discern, like, how can corporations get away with this?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Too powerful. Too powerful. And so any, any day that you can go and volunteer and lobby at the Capitol is a good day. Because you will learn more about all the hard work that people are doing at that state level. If you go to open, you know, office hours for your city council member, whether they're your district or not, like get to know them, get to know them and find out what are your values? What are you all about? Because mm-hmm. regardless of election season, <laughs> oh
1: yeah, mm.
0: someone could be making a decision that impacts future generations.
1: Mm. Yeah, all the time.
0: And and it's important that they stay grounded. And it's up to us to remind them like, yo, you represent all of us. Mm-hmm. Please do the work. And you're doing a great job. And being able to balance that, you know, like a sandwich. Good, bad, <laughs> good. <laughs> so we use that in education whenever we're giving news. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I'm glad. There's people like you, like many others out there that are out there being active, right? Like, seeing what's wrong, pointing it out. Like you said, that crematorium, had it not been for that guy, had it not been for other people, for other things and other places around the country, things would have gone past and no one would have realized, like, hey, this makes a big impact. And... You know, these are things that set a precedent, right? Because now after hearing this, you would think, or I'm hoping that this wouldn't happen in Modesto. It wouldn't happen in Tracy, wherever else, right? Like they've heard about he- this and now they might have a better understanding. Or if it does happen, I'd be hoping that there's a group out there in that particular city that can say like, wait, this happened in Stockton. A group fought to, like not get that passed we don't want this happening over here either, right? So all that work not only benefits your community, but it benefits just other communities out there, right? So it's it makes a big impact to do what you do.
0: And regardless of your age or your education or, you know, it's it's about feeling empowered and finding the channels that work for you because this is our society mm-hmm. and we make it what it is. And unless you're running, you better keep those who are running Accountable. Yeah. It's not easy. So I appreciate the label of activism. I still think it's a part of the whole the whole thing. Mm. Creating things, communicating, mm. being able to be wrong, mm-hmm. but having that that gutsy, let me go forth with my thoughts. Mm. That's it's pretty foundational. Cause I haven't given up, I think. I feel like we can still create change and make make our community better. So I'll keep doing what I can. But
1: oh, yeah. you're doing great. So there's keep so it going. much to do. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we need more people to get involved and you know help help yeah. as well. So
0: mm-hmm. civic engagement is for all ages, but you know organizations like Reinvent South Stockton Coalition, mm-hmm. they are p- pouring into the youth. Mm -hmm. and I believe in it there's so much that like is being done to support our kids and our education system is struggling (laughs) Mm -hmm. I I left teaching recently and I just I had to do a leap of faith for myself Mm -hmm. and I'm happy I did but you know we recognize these systemic challenges whether it's in education or in law enforcement or in access to food. Like, basic stuff. Mm-hmm. How can we take care of ourselves as as a city if we don't even feel safe? So, there needs to be transparency, though. Oh, yeah. And if there's no, no wherewithal on, you know, where that money is coming from, then then where's the power? Because money is power.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's grassroots efforts. that only go so far.
1: It's mm-hmm. so a cost to everything, for sure.
0: So, yeah, if we band together between all of our valley communities, we're a stronger force. We know best practices. I mean, it's it's nice to see a pattern and not feel alone. But it's also scary and intimidating to be like, crap, this is going on everywhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, I'm... I'm happy that Banta here, local to Tracy, like, they were able to stop a crazy development project. And that was was drama. That was, like, Mm -hmm. that was good. But what's on our table right now is trying to pass a good ordinance for our city. And maybe that'll serve a model for other cities. But, like, we're actually modeling after Fontana down in L.A. area. Or SoCal. It's it's not the best thing to invent something without a model that mm-hmm. works. So you, you have to be prepared and come up with counter arguments for mm-hmm. for things like, well, what if the solar panels catch fire? It's like we're not all gonna stop trying to push for solar in the state. Yeah. Solar makes sense for certain things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if if you save a million dollars at the university, by putting solar over all the parking lots, because you use the third party, like that works. That's a win-win. I love that for sustainability. It works with business. Mm-hmm. Stop assuming environmentalism is anti-business. It's not.
1: Oh no, no, they're saving, right? It's like businesses want to be more efficient. So, but I think what the thing that they might not like is just the you have to like spend a little bit right it's like a long-term investment but you get the benefits in the future it's like they do a lot of long-term investments that aren't related to solar why can't they do this one too right i guess is the i mean they crunched their
0: numbers and said that if if they did a certain part of what we asked it would be too expensive it would increase the cost per square foot from to something to like ten something, and that's outrageous.
1: Yeah, no. And, a, and
0: someone who's coming in as a tenant isn't going to pay that. So how do you forward the cost over time? Someone's going to have to be somewhat of a bank. And then if if pricing changes, like one argument was, oh, we won't be able to sell it back to pg and at, at wholesale. It's like you're complaining about having too much energy. What we are over here struggling like? to pay our bills as single family homes some people pay up to a thousand dollars like i am lucky i got roommates and don't you know have to bear that cost anymore by myself when it was a struggle for a while so i'm just trying to wrap my head around like how can you justify saying no when there has to be a way, you're just not creative enough to figure it out. Sorry, calling you out. <laughs> you just don't want to.
1: Yeah, that's that's how it is.
0: I I kind of want to talk about our our podcast we started.
1: Oh, you yeah yeah go for it yeah we started a, a vlog so
0: yeah we to finish much. that <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah yeah so I mean tell our audience a little bit more about this vlog that we started while well, we were actually on our way to to big trees and that's Big victory state park which is actually in the 209 by the way as we talked about it in the, the previous episode but yeah so tell, tell the listeners a little bit more about it
0: i didn't even know we were talking for an hour it's okay okay so to summarize our vlog not podcast sorry i messed up
1: It could um, be a podcast one day though <laughs> 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 i have been yeah. known for starting podcasts so <laughs>
0: It's just on my mind. Yeah, we are going to be traveling and experiencing adventures from like food to art to like places and people. And I am blessed to have had years of exploring on my own (laughs) under my belt so that I could take you to places. And then we could go to places that we haven't been to before. So Big Trees was one of those. That was super fun because I'd never been when it was snowing or with snow on the ground. So that was new for me. I had been to Yosemite when there was snow. But yeah, I think that was like a really good first one because it was a while since I went. I know that I get nerdy and like you'll just have to endure my tendency to like, babe, babe, we got to pull over. And then I run with like a Ziploc and a shovel, and I'm like trying to capture clay.
1: Yeah, that was fun. That was fun, no. I got in the
0: side of the road, like a
1: great and run over, but oh it was fun. It was still fun. No.
0: I don't know why we got there and didn't realize it was going to be really hard to get back.
1: <laughs> yeah, we didn't realize that. I the
0: curve, and yeah, the cars were coming around that curve. It was a lot of cars, but I was like, we're going to get splat like, yeah. like Frogger, we're about to not. Make this trip home. <laughs> yeah,
1: this podcast would have not been made. That would have happened It was in danger, so I'm glad it's now out. So,
0: so surviving that together got us closer. Yeah,
1: it was a good bonding experience. I, I, enjoyed it. it was nice to. It felt like it was a good accomplishment for sure.
0: Yeah, well, uh-huh. <laughs> but just being able to be open minded to like, hey, let's go here, let's do this. Walking into like a little visitor center and getting the scoop on, you know, where's the snow and where to eat or what to do, what caves are open, like stuff like that is just nice. That I'm not the only one who wants to go into crazy new places. And I'll take you with me to other, other spots with that same like joy of touring and guiding you and like being able to share my education and my experiences. Cause I'm kind of big on preparing for anything. Then again, I'm the one who forgot their jacket. <laughs>
1: yeah, thankfully I brought two jackets that day. By the way, so I'm glad. And and,
0: and thankfully I had like garden gloves and plastic gloves for you, since you didn't bring your 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 yeah. snow gloves. Like,
1: but I paid like fifteen dollars for that one time, and they weren't put. But they will be put to use in about like two weeks here when we go back to snow. But. But just so everyone knows, we'll be actually adding the nine journey as a collaborator anytime we go anywhere in the 209. So people won't actually be missing that at all, right? Because we'll actually be having the collaboration feature whenever it's a nine trip, so it won't be everything, but whenever there is a nine thing, I'll be actually adding that, but they're really enjoyable. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, it's going to be fun. We have a shared Google maps list. We keep adding new things. Like today, you added Mojave Desert, and I was like, "It's not already on there." I thought we would have already had it, but there's so many places to explore, and to just have a partner who has, you know, the same interest in traveling is like, yes, oh yeah, feels so good.
1: And I've always wanted to do more traveling, so it worked out great.
0: <laughs> well, you got to get your pre- TSA pre check. You got to yeah. make sure you're like ready to go for adventures. I mean. Oh, I, yeah. I moved my garage around to have the convenience of all my camping stuff by the door.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. So and you're ready?
0: Yeah, I'm ready to go. Anytime.
1: Perfect. Summer's are around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> well, you spoke a lot on your artist side, a little bit on the science side with your activism work and all that. But you chose to major in geology. And I want to know what motivated you. To major and then kind of what were you thinking when you majored in that like what was your like career goal with geology
0: well when i graduated high school i was about chemistry major like that's what i wanted to do
1: hmm.
0: and then i was like no i can't stay inside <laughs> i want my office to be like the great outdoors yeah. what was it it was like a weekend trip i think i got invited by Dr. Burmeister. Yeah. I was like, yeah, come join us. We're gonna go. And then I was like, Yeah, I'm gonna switch my major. <laughs> oh, okay. But I had already been, you know, on the fence because I was like, I was having problems thinking about mm-hmm. like what what is my life as a scientist? How does it conflict with like my my identity, like the challenges of mm-hmm. being a STEM professional, STEAM professional, and like how I where it came from? Because I didn't have a lot of representation. I didn't know mm-hmm other latina scientists in my life any of my teachers except for middle school like miss mendez was my inspiration for a long time right mm-hmm. i just never saw like myself in that role i lacked mean, confidence like i'll say that i'll be pretty upfront i was scared geology was kind of open and and i saw the possibilities but it it was it was a, a really interesting undergraduate experience, and I just know a bunch of old people were telling me, like, ah, I wish I took more geology classes. I love, you know, that class. And I was like, okay, I think I'm in the right place, because regardless of what I do with my life, like, if, if I don't take this opportunity to learn about fossils and rocks and volcanoes and just the story of the earth and creation, like, eh, I might i might struggle to put the pieces together later and it really is a very globalistic type of of study because you understand foundationally like through the lens of chemistry and physics and and math like this is how the world is this is where it came from on the geologic time scale we are a speck <laughs> yeah so climate change is real why are we you know having such a difficulty and and i i stuck with it i was like okay i am a scientist i could not find local entry level jobs <laughs> that were that were exactly what i wanted environmental science was close but no dice it was a different major and i i didn't like bio i had bad experiences feeling like I was out of place and mm-hmm. it wasn't an environment for me. But now with what I want to do, spatial analysis and GIS and being able to do visual literacy and taking data and numbers, that means nothing to some people, but everything to others and helping, you know, decision makers. Mm-hmm. Like, how can you know where to save money if you don't know where you're stuck? Where where, and what is, like, the focus when you have limited tools and skills to make those decisions based on? You need a map <laughs> to get around. Yeah. And what better way than, you know, to build digital maps? So that's a career interest I have right now <laughs> that's related to my major for the first mm-hmm. time. But yeah, going from <laughs> education to Nonprofit, for profit, educate like back to education, and then law enforcement, and then mm-hmm. education again, and now I'm like, okay, I don't want to quit being a teacher, but I need to have capacity to do everything else I want to do, mm-hmm. and still, still trying to find that like balance. But yeah, geology is a very cool field of study because everything comes from the earth. Mm-hmm. And we cannot have (laughs) electrification of the state without reliable sourcing of the rare earth elements for the batteries. Mm -hmm. We got to get that out of the ground. Whose ground? I don't know. Are we trying to do open pit mining? I don't know. But it is a human, what's it called? A human justice issue. We have to figure it out. We all want nice things. (laughs) But it comes down to geology to figure out, you know, whose backyard are we going to get the lithium out of, or mm-hmm. ah, we have a global world. So at least I have an understanding of that. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. And of other things too, and of the mm. creative side and the activism side. And that's why I say you're multi-talented. There you go. Case closed. <laughs> Thanks, babe.
0: Appealing to my love language, of was... Words of affirmation. <laughs>
1: yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, I know you recently restarted your business, and speaking of multi talents, there's another reflection right there. You have different products that you sell, right? I mean, we were just talking about coming from a pop up where you sold candles that you spent a lot of time and hard work and energy to actually create them here. And then you also do face painting, you do art workshops. The list goes on, right? Paintings as well. You even sold a painting that you shipped to Europe at one point as well. So just, I want you to tell everyone listening right now, like, what are some of the different things that you do and like all the names that you go by? Because you go by a few names. So (laughs) Miles Alicia
0: is my registered business name. (laughs) Abstract Lady is kind of another one. When I made my Patreon, I I was, like, trying to rebrand. Because I thought Mount Alicia sounded, like, a too childish, right? But then again, I am trying to kind of project, like, a childlike, whimsical, I don't care, I'm going to be myself kind of thing. And I also go by Mao, M-O-W, and it's, it's an expression. So if you say it right, it makes sense. It's not meow it's It's mal, like a really strong if you're a cat person, you know you know it's all about like how you say it it's so, um mm-hmm. so, and and it just takes me back to when my favorite color was orange, and I was a crazy kid, and i I thought the world was my oyster. I don't know, I think I also go by my name when I'm trying to you know come off as a professional. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And with students, like, uh, Ms. Valenzuela, you know, Ms. Alicia, depending mm-hmm. on the grade level, but, yeah, I wear many hats. And I think uh, being uh, the daughter of entrepreneurs, it's helped me, mm-hmm. you know, kind of overcome or even predict trouble. Like, I, I know it's hard work to run a business. It's 24-7, you know, growing up, being told... The TV is too loud because the office is in the living room. Like, you you build an appreciation for the hustle. <laughs> but I for sure wanted a desk job for the longest time. And I was like, I don't want to live like that. I want my weekends off and my holidays. And yeah, so it's It's good to to have certain skills as a creative person so you can support yourself. And you can, you know, take your hobby from where it's at to a different level and being able to do invoices and being able to do contracts and proposals and all the paperwork that isn't typically fun. It can be because it's like the mechanism required to navigate. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry, but like you do have to know a little bit of math. (laughs) Just a little bit, not too much. Just a little bit. It's math that you can do at the fifth grade level, but it has to be accurate because sales tax and yeah. your your overhead and your retail pricing and or your services. Like, get that deposit. Mm-hmm. Do not book unless you got that twenty dollars non refundable. If they cancel, like your time <laughs> is money. And gosh, I'm telling you because. In- because yeah. I'd be slippin'.
1: Yeah, I know what you mean.
0: <laughs> and be too nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's good to be a hustler, but it is hard. Oh, yeah. But it's worth it.
1: Yeah, and you enjoy it, it which is well, what matters. So, if anyone has any art requests whatsoever, Alicia's got you. Yeah. Like she, she could almost do anything out there. And she's learning new things, right? Like ceramics and other things like that so it's it's great you'll, you'll you'll get service and a product made by an artist that is continuously learning and continuously improving too right just like anyone right i mean the professionals have to keep improving on their practice because you're never perfect so
0: yeah before you know it you're gonna look back and be like oh my gosh i did all that and mm-hmm. who knows you know what comes next, but you just gotta keep grinding. And I mean, the grants. I could not do those by myself. It was always in collaboration with other amazing people, mm-hmm. whether it was Hash Workshop or other nonprofits as fiscal sponsors. I mean, that's that's the key there is the network mm-hmm. and being able to provide that missing piece. Because like maybe, maybe someone has money and they don't know how to spend it. I don't know. That's a terrible problem to have. But it happens. And they're like, what, how do we do this? And then they consult and they're like, how should we do this? And they do it completely opposite of what was suggested anyways. But <laughs> the creative world has a lot to offer. And the money is out there. Like you just have to be confident enough to present yourself like, hey, I can handle this. And figuring it out. But working with others makes it easier.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. Team effort, always. Well, I got one last question for you. And for any of the artists that are listening right now, or even people who might be like, you know what, I might be an artist. I've just never really been too open to taking maybe feedback, right? Like you you were talking about earlier, right? Might be a little scared to receive that and might feel like their art isn't great what advice would you have for them in terms of either wanting their work published somewhere or getting feedback from others just in general what advice would you have for anyone trying to grow as an artist
0: what helps is getting close to those who are already doing it or at least becoming familiar with Mm. the process like if you want to be a speaker during a TEDx event, maybe talk to people who've done it or are mm-hmm. applying or like do public speaking or whatever it is. That's just an example, but like aligning yourself with a community of like-minded or similarly skilled individuals. So if you want to learn how to do clay, stop by an art gallery, go to a clay studio at the local college, go to a local... Clay supply company, like they will probably direct you to the right, you know, person that you can vibe with. And so that's my first thing is like community. Find your community Mm -hmm. because you will be surprised how easy it is to grow and develop when you are being watered and you're able to water other people, metaphorically, of course. Oh, yeah. But like, that's the thing is in isolation creatives we we can do great things but like how can you grow faster how can mm-hmm. you grow in ways that you have no idea if not being able to bounce ideas off of another mm-hmm. person like us working together on a couple of things like from a brochure that we're still drafting to my website that I still need to gather the photo for <laughs> it's a (laughs) process or even just you helping me at my pop-up like i know this is like kind of me in the forefront but how i can help you in unison with your dreams and your stuff like this is a shared goal like we both have the same goal Mm -hmm. and that's what you want you want to find people who want the same goal yeah so you want to be an artist go find your people (laughs)
1: Yeah, and there are people out there right it's just you just have to go out there and and look for them, and there's and if there's not that many, and you live in like a probably really small town, then start something, right? That's how those groups are started. All it takes is one or two people.
0: Start start with your community centers, like Hatch mm-hmm. Workshop, or community art galleries, or just places that are very nonprofit-based, and you will be surprised with how prolific your neighborhood, your community is with awesome creative people who are willing to tell you how they do their thing. Like CMOS today. Yeah. You know? Like we have a choice to cons to be a consumer supporter of the vendor of this amazing artist mm. who is willing to tell us how they do it. Like mm. I could, I could do that. I could mm. buy my own CMOS and process it. So it doesn't taste like salty garbage from Etsy. (laughs) That was their experience. And they were able to tell me like, hey, don't do this because like I went through it. Mm -hmm. Great. I don't want to (laughs) struggle. I mean, she told me don't go through USPS to ship your stuff. I'm like, oh, that was my plan. I need to go to UPS. There's a difference. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. But other than that, it's just believe in yourself. Mm -hmm and have faith in whatever it is that helps push you forward
1: Yeah, that's great advice as always you giving those wise words of advice to me offline as well and even on the podcast too which is always appreciated and this way i had you on here you know you inspire others to do great things and being that you're multi-talented i mean you're sharing the knowledge with everyone and and you said a lot about your life here in, in this short while, right? I mean, it might seem like it's a long time because we're at about an hour and like 28 minutes as a, as a Zoom call here. <laughs> well, in person, I should say we're recording on Zoom, but we're in person. So if anyone wants to get all technical, like, wait, I thought you were in person, but no, we're we're in person. It's just I'm using Zoom because I, I miss Zoom so much that I have to <laughs> use it even in person. That'll change soon. But I really felt really inspired and I'm sure people listening as well felt the same way. And babe, I want to just thank you for being on this podcast. And it means a lot to me. been counting the days of you being on here and sharing your story. We could episodes for days because you have stories for days. And I have an idea in mind that I told you, and I won't mention it right here to people, but it might happen later on, maybe episode 100. Who knows? <laughs> uh, but it'll actually involve the 209, of course, because you're we're here in the 209. But yeah, I have an idea that that will happen someday. So you will definitely be, well, you'll be back here for the next episode. So you're just going to be in different shoes. I'm going to be doing more of the talking, (laughs) but I'm really excited for that. And just again, thanks for accepting this invitation and spending time with me here talking about yourself.
0: Thanks. And thanks for being flexible because I know you wanted us to do this in your your room that you set up for. And I was like, "Eh, I don't want to (laughs) go. But it's it's really nice to see you do your thing. And I'm just I'm so grateful to be a part of it.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Means a lot. Well, for all of our listeners right now, just uh wanna remind everyone, if you haven't followed the social media pages, please give me a follow. You can find it at the nine Journey on Facebook, X formerly Twitter. I still call it Twitter, but I guess you gotta call it X now. And Instagram, of course. But please follow the Instagram page, if anything, because I've been trying to grow that page. It's getting close to 500 here as of this recording. And my goal is to get to 1000 by the end of the year. But as I keep saying it, I have a feeling that I am going to go past that much earlier than at the end of the year. I think it's going to be even summertime, the way I've been recording, getting the guests on and all that. So greatly appreciate everyone who's followed the social media pages. But that Instagram page. I mean, I, I still can't believe how much it's grown in the last week and a half and all the engagement on the posts and people commenting because the person that they support is on the podcast. And that means a lot. I, I know everyone's supporting the guest that's on the podcast, but y'all just don't even know every time you leave a comment or like like on those posts. And we're usually collaborators, of course, with the guests on Instagram it helps actually grow the audience and get more people knowing more about the podcast, which is my goal right at the end of the day. I want to get more people in the 209 and beyond, of course, as well, to know more about what we have going on here and all the great people that we've interviewed. And I see that there's people that listen to older episodes and I appreciate that too, because there's a lot of amazing interviews that I've done in the past. You know, sure, it might've been like, 30 episodes ago, 40 episodes ago, but there's a lot of great content there. So go back, listen to as many as you'd like. You'll find that there's a lot of great stories that were told on this podcast and more that will continue to be told. And that's my overall goal here is to get as many people on the podcast, telling their stories and us inviting people to visit businesses, to go to events around the 209. And if you're not around here anymore. To come back home, right? I'm not saying, like, move back. It'd be great, but come back and visit your home because there's a lot of great things going on and you're missing out on them. So lots of goals here over this page, but we want to shine a positive light to our area. And I think all the guests we've had here have, have done so. Well, everyone, I hope you have a good morning or a good night whenever you might be listening to this. And you'll hear me in a few episodes being interviewed by Alicia here on the Zona Journey podcast.